0: Welcome to Yoga Magic Friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you are new here, I'm so glad. This show is all about self care and self discovery. And I like to bring you so many different practices, different modalities of healing, of self discovery, of self care that you can try them on and pick out some new ones. It's really totally an experiment for you. And, and for me, I'm always learning new modalities on this show. So I, I'm so lucky because I feel like I get to learn a ton. You know, I'm, I'm a Midwestern mom of three who loves to talk about weird shit. And I get to learn so much when I talk with other guests and when I'm doing research. And I've been wanting to learn more about different types of astrology. So I work in Western tropical as- astrology. And I know a lot about that, but I don't know a ton about some of these other types. And one of the most common questions that I get from clients, from friends is, you know, I've looked up my birth chart in this app and it looks different than what you told me. And that's because there's different house systems, there's different types of astrology. And the truth is they're all right. They're all great. It's just what resonates the most with you. Today we're talking about Vedic astrology, which is um, more of a traditional, it's tied into the Indian roots. It has different time setups, and Sophie's gonna talk about that today. But at the end of the day, if Vedic astrology is way more resonant with you than say Western astrology, that might be the one for you, or vice versa. You get to choose. What lands you know, the most impactful for you? I am so grateful that I came across Sophie on Indian Matchmaker because I've been wanting to learn more about this topic, and she is just such a fun person to chat with. Before we get to that, just a heads up that we are now in eclipse season. We have officially opened that door. This happens twice a year. Just like all astrological events, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's just something that we want to be aware of. So, with eclipse season, you like to take some breaks. It's important to take some breaks from spiritual practices. So, actually, Sophie talks about this today. We sometimes, especially in manifestation, get into a groove of like, I have to do this. I have to do this in order to get the thing that I want, right? I have like it's almost like you're forcing, right? You're forcing this thing to manifest. And that's not how the universe works. And I think what's really cool about eclipse season is that it asks you to take a quick break from all of your manifesting, from all of your spiritual practices, and just be, just exist, just observe. We are in a time where there will be some heavier information. This is a Scorpio-Taurus eclipse. This first one is specifically in Scorpio. And that's so helpful. It's going to give us some insight into where we need to do that continued digging and uncovering. And then we come out in this luxurious Taurus land full of gratitude, full of grounded earthly pleasure. So all I'm telling you right now is just observe just give yourself the space to rest a little more, to keep your eyes wide open to those spiritual messages that might come in or even earthly messages. I am so grateful right now. I don't have a ton of time to be doing the normal manifestation spirituality work that I do day to day because I'm I'm busy with my kiddos, with my baby, and what that's given me the opportunity to do is be more open and more awake to the messages that my little ones are giving me. Specifically, my little Stella who is she can't talk yet, right? So we're communicating in this sort of like weird telepathic way and I have to be open and aware in order to hear what she's telling me. I know that sounds so weird, but if you if you know you know. Like they babies are so connected to heaven still they haven't really like landed on this earth and so i think that they're super good at at telling us things without even opening their mouths so that's where my ears are at and for all of you that are, are interested in learning a little bit more about eclipses, I'm going to send you over to my friend Meredith from Earthling Astrology, her account, because she just posted a really great video today about what eclipses are and like how we can work with them. So head on over, learn a little bit more from Meredith, fan favorite here at Yoga Magic. Before we get to this conversation with Sophie, we have a fun event coming up November 1st. It is Tuesday at noon, and this is astrology and calendar planning. So, how can you use astrological events to plan 2023? You know, what are you going to want to be aware of? Some Mercury retrograde, some eclipses, some big events to just note. How does the Astro Calendar affect you personally? What can you lean into? What are some exciting events happening? And then there'll be time for questions for everybody that is there. If you want just the recording of the event, you can get that as well. And then you have the opportunity to send me a question via email, and I'd be happy to answer that as well. So if you want to get in that fun community event, information and tickets are in the show notes. Again, that's November 1st at noon on Zoom. Finally, let's talk about Sophie. So Sophie, again, was this amazing astrologer on Indian Matchmaker. And she has so much information about dating and how that relates to our astrological birth chart charts in a, in Vedic astrology because there's tons of different personalized charts. She talks about that today. She talks about how you can use astrology for dating when these windows of opportunity are open and what you can do to be ready for that person to come through. She talks about learning the ins and outs of of reading for other people. If you're somebody who likes to dabble in this right now and wants to do some astrology reading, practice, practice, practice is the key. She talks about how she manifested the spot on Indian Matchmaker and then also her new app, Raya, which is this really cool Vedic astrology app. So I'm so grateful to have been connected with Sophie. If you wanna get connected to her, her information is in the show notes and make sure to check out her app as well. And then finally, friends, if you're not already following Yoga Magic on Instagram, the podcast is at Yoga Magic Podcast. I like to post lots and lots of self-care tips, things that we pull out from the episode that you can try on in your day-to-day. I am headed out to a trip this after well tomorrow. <laughs> we're, we're packing. We probably are going to have eight plus checked bags with three kids traveling. <laughs> to <laughs> on a week-long trip with three kids. I don't know. It's going to be hilarious. The time zone, I'm so... Oh my gosh, we'll see how it goes. It's funny because I don't normally feel a lot of anxiety in my day-to-day. It's more like anticipation of things that give me anxiety. And so I'm a a little stressed getting ready for this, but once we are there, we're going to Kauai, to the little island in Hawaii. I think it's gonna be so luxurious. And my goal is to have next week's episode out because it's such a good one, but who knows? Eclipse season, I might not get to it. And if that's what happens, I will get to it the next week, my friends. I promise you that. Okay, let's get to this conversation with Vedic astrologer Sophie Wan. I mean, it's funny
1: because like some astrologers will like, like to argue that one system's better than another system, etc. And I'm like, listen, like at the end of the day, like all rivers lead to the same ocean, whatever your message you're supposed to receive, is going to be the bottom line message. And it's like, I've you know, had really incredible conversations with astrologers that have been doing this for like over 30 years. And they'll say like, a client has come to me and they got their birth time wrong. And I did a whole reading and it totally resonated and they needed to hear whatever message was said. And then they come back and they're like, it was, I was born in the PM, not the AM, which totally would like make your chart different, like totally different. different. Mm -hmm. But like the big, big highlighted message messages that that person still receives is somewhat similar it just it, it's it's interesting because a big part of the astrologer's job is to like yeah you interpret the charts and you read the charts but there are a million different ways to read a chart and it's very subjective and so like half of the battle is if your person that's reading for you and reading with you is connected to your energy and if they're able to like divinely what I say divinely channel. And like, yeah, that's a huge part of what makes a good astrologer a good astrologer is what kind of messages are you are you receiving? And like, for me, personally, I will see patterns in the chart, but there are like a million patterns, how am I supposed to know exactly which ones to communicate to you that comes from like, whatever higher being you choose to believe Mm -hmm. in, or or if you don't like whatever energy of the moment is being processed for you to understand. So that's what I always like to tell people is like, don't get so married to the system. I actually think it's really cool to see all the different systems because some things might really resonate with you versus other things. And all rivers lead to the same ocean. It's kind of like if you were to get a psychic reading and an astrology reading and a numerology reading and a tarot card reading, I'm telling you, they're going to say like this, they're going to pinpoint. They totally
0: do. Mm -hmm.
1: Same thing. I've had like girlfriends be like, oh my God, you read for me and this guy and like blah, 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 blah. I don't really like take what you said seriously. No one does sometimes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're like, and then they like go to a tarot card psychic reader And the person says the same exact thing. They're like, oh my God. So I went to this tarot card reader and they said the exact same thing. I was like, yeah, because like half of what I'm supposed to tell you is divine, like divinely being channeled. Like the astrology, tarot, whatever is just a tool to like help get the patterns down of what we're, you know, seeing. So then did
0: you, did you study formally or did you, are you more of like, I know that there's definitely obviously different astrologer schools, right? Like astrology schools, whether it be like, we're going the intuitive path or really studying it. Like what was your path?
1: So mine was, I like took, I first started studying on my own, but I would go to like random workshops in New York to like learn. Um, But honestly, like I learned best through like watching a ton of YouTube and practicing. It's like, you don't practice reading, you're never going to get good. So I would practice all the time. And like, sometimes it would resonate, sometimes it wouldn't. And like, I would make mental notes, okay, this placement isn't really, like, this isn't really what this means. But like, it was like a little, it was definitely a lot of like workshops, a lot of YouTube, so many Vedic astrologers are hardcore. Like you got to read these books. I suck at read. Like I do not learn reading (laughs) books. I just, it just doesn't stay with me. Like I'm an audio visual learner, always have been always will be. So I've tried taking like hardcore courses. Like I signed up for like the Institute of Vedic Astrology, which like, I mean, that sounds pretty legit. Right. And like, I was not learning anything from And like they have all these paperwork and stuff. And like, honestly, like I never really fully finished because I was like, I'm not really learning anything out of this qu- course. So I'm just going to continue doing my own way. A lot of people think, and this was my biggest hangup was like, I was like, wait, when when do I really officially start calling myself an astrologer? Like, is that allowed? Like, did I give myself permission? Because I had this like imposter syndrome of like, well, I didn't formally right. go to, some core, whatever, like, and get certified. You know, one of my good girlfriends who's a super talented numerologist astrologer was like, you're really good. You are an astrologer. And like, that's that's when I was like, wait a minute, you're right. Like, I'm like, I'm good at this. Like, I can do this. And I did this like big wellness event in New York City from the first time, like as an astrologer and like people really resonated with what I was saying and like I got so many like clients and stuff and you know it's like a slow build up but like I think a lot of people think that you have to do some kind of crazy formal training and be certified blah blah and like yeah that helps like in the beginning like build build credibility but like 99% of my clients have come from referral like I I think like now maybe I'll post on Instagram like hey I have like five spots open Mm -hmm. but like if you're really good at what you do, like you don't really need to be mar- marketing and being like, I'm a certified, whatever. Like the the experience speaks for yourself. But my my recommendation is like, practice, practice, practice. Do all your friends, do their friends. Like I would go to a dinner party, and be like, I need to know everyone's birthday, birth time, like <laughs> anybody I went on a date with. I was like, so when's your birthday? <laughs> I still do that. That's the key is like, if you don't practice, you're not gonna ever be as good
0: well and i think about too like i mean from the history of astrology and and obviously vedic astrology astrology too being so so much history behind it that those astrologers they weren't taking any online courses right like they weren't getting certified they were practicing they were watching the stars so Mm -hmm. i'd love for you to talk about the difference of vedic astrology tropical slash western astrology kind of what what i work with what are the, how are they different? How are they the same? Yeah. Like it can be kind of overwhelming.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it, it sounds overwhelming, but they're, it's actually more similar than you would think. So Vedic astrology is a form of astrology that stems from the Vedas and the Vedas come out of ancient India. And essentially at the end of the day, all the thing, the thing that the Vedas are saying is that our karmic path, our karma, because right, Hinduism and the Vedas are all about the karma, like your karma, your karmic journey. That's why we come back here. That's why we have multiple lives. That your karma can be assessed and tied to the patterns of the stars. And so as that, it, that is Vedic astrology. It just comes from this notion, right? And it's been passed down century after century after century. And the biggest difference is that the way that time is calculated is a bit different. So in western astrology, we've adopted there's 24 hours in one day, 365 days in one year. That's kind of a standard time calculation everybody in the western world has adopted too. Vedic astrology actually calculates time differently. And so by that like the actual rotational movement of the galaxy of earth, right, is calculated based off of You know, specific mathematical, it's very math heavy. So that's also why sometimes it feels daunting. And so, not every single day is the exact same amount of hours in a day. This changes depending on like where we are in the rotation of the galaxy, right? And so, there's a huge phenomenon called the precessions of the equinox. And so, this whole difference in the time calculation is actually why you'll have one, you'll be like, a lot of times people are one sign off. So like, for example, I'm a Cancer in West astrology, but in Vedic astrology, I'm Gemini. All my placements are like in Gemini. And so that's why there's this difference because over the span of 72 years, the calculation of time shifts the signs by like one degree. And so that's why there's this mismatch with how like time is calculated. And so also Western astrology is all about like, okay, on this day is the start of Aries season. So every, every year on this day is going to be the start of Aries season, cancer season, What like that is like a hallmark day. In Vedic astrology it is not like that. It can differ one to two days because of the way we are calculating time. And, you know, they really focus on the constellations, the lunar mansions called the nakshatras. The lunar mansions are fixed in the galaxy. And so that's what they actually go off of is like the reference to the lunar mansions or what they call the nakshatras. There's 27 of them. So it's similar to like Western astrology in the sense that you have the planets, you have the signs, you have the houses. And it's very similar in that they... Overall, will mean very similar things, right? Like sun is ego; it's the masculine. Moon is feminine; it's um, the mother; it's mm-hmm. intuitive. So there are a lot of similarities, um, and that's what actually what confuses people. They're like, "Wait a minute, they're the signs," and I'm like, "Yeah, of course. It's a it's a form of astrology, but it's got a whole different type of interpretation, other than like you know Western astrology." Um, with the calculations in their system. So that's what i I perceive is like really the biggest difference. And then obviously, there's like in in Vedic astrology, there are like so many different ways to like actually assess the chart that are very different from um Western astrology. Like the like the planets are friends with each other. Some are enemies with each other. Like mm. they take exaltations and debilitations very seriously. There's Vedic timing called the Dashas which in my opinion is super accurate. I will list out specific dates and like my clients will be like, "Oh my god, like the date, like the like that date that you put out is like so specific." And like I usually go through by the Dasha timing. That's your own like kind of internal timing. I feel like Western astrology uses the transits a lot which Vedic astrology does too like the transits are important they definitely impact us but in my personal opinion there's just so much more in Vedic astrology that I guess you can assess I mean not to say that Western astrology you can't but there are 10 different charts in your chart in your Vedic system that like, just for you, like you have got a marriage chart, you got a birth chart, you have a career chart, you have a wealth chart, you have all these, and that they're all belong to you. Whereas in like, I've never seen anything like that in Western astrology. Um But I actually first started studying Western astrology. It wasn't until much later, I switched to learning the Vedic system. And it was really helpful because I understood a lot of the basic principles of astrology, which. Mm-hmm. Go back to the planets, the sign, the house, like that's kind of the basic principles behind like all forms of astrology. But yeah, I mean, so that's why I always tell people, it's like, if the Vedic astrology doesn't resonate with you, like, don't sweat it, you know, like fine, whatever system works for you, because it's just a different system of astrology. And it's something that personally has resonated for me and most of my clients, but it's not for everybody.
0: Hmm. And can you use it? You talked about like all the different personal charts. Can you use it in a predictive form too?
1: Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And that's actually what most people do use it for. Okay. Um, I. That's actually something that like is slightly what I think is a bit controversial because you know astrology is really meant was always meant to be a tool for guidance, and I feel like in the Indian culture, like predictive and prescriptive type of astrology is like what mainly it's known for. So like this date is the date that this is going to happen. And like at the end of the day, any form of spiritual tool is really meant to help you understand what windows of opportunity are coming, but no one can force you to walk through that door. You know? I, yeah.
0: I feel the same about predictive astral, like giving out specific dates to people You all know, people ask, like, when am I going to meet my partner? And then it's like, I mean, I see some energy on this day, but like I don't want to throw that out there because it could be no. it could be some window that we just don't see, right? Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Totally. I mean, and like I I'm not gonna lie, I do give dates because I'm like, you know, people that want to meet someone, it's like there's an energy in your okay. chart. Your chart is telling me this is the window. It's interesting because like I'll read for clients, I'll see that they had a really significant relationship window. And I'm like, what happened during these dates? And they're like, oh, that was like my serious relation, blah, 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 blah. I was like, wow, that was a marriage window for you. And they're like, oh, I could see that. They're like, you could have gotten married. Marriage is a choice. The house of marriage and the house of love are different houses. Like people forget that. Mm -hmm. But I give people dates because I want to empower them to gear up, get ready, open, your mind space, open your heart space, like take advantage of the energy. But I always tell people like, I can't force you to do your own inner work and open your energy up to meeting your beloved. Like that's not on me. I can just tell you that, hey, the timing is here. Like there's no rhyme or reason for you to not meet anyone. Like the timing and the energy is there. But like, if someone walks in, like I can't force you to like open your heart space up and like, give it a try. Like that's on you. So I definitely do give people dates um, because, and not to like be like predictive or prescriptive, but like to say like, Hey, this is a great opportunity for you to like get ahead and do the inner work to prepare for like a love window and
0: energy that is like coming your way. What do you say then if they, they do the work right like they're prepping they're they're setting all the intentions they're they're really opening up their heart space and that date comes and goes and that opportunity didn't present itself like what are what would you say next to that person
1: i mean and that happens all the time right right you know it just it just shows that there's still something a little bit left that like I don't know, you're hanging on to that you're yeah. not ready. And I I will not only reference Vedic astrology, if I give you a hard window, I'm referencing like two other tools, because like, I want to be 100% sure that what I'm telling you is multiple tools are saying, this is the timing, right? Like, I'm not going to give out timing all mm-hmm. willy-nilly, but that happens all the time. And I always reassure my clients, listen, like, Obviously, like I'm not some kind of psychic or what. Like I'm not you. I can't control exactly what happened. We still have free will. Just because you miss one window and you don't have anyone, although I'm not gonna lie, what I usually do is I'll really dig and be like, "Let's go through this." And then lo and behold, you figure out what happened. You did come across someone. You didn't give them a chance. You completely like were like what like dismiss this person can't be my person. Like no way, no way. So like, that's usually what I'll actually do is I'll really dig in there. And then lo and behold, oh, you didn't meet someone. You just didn't think that that person was good enough for you or whatever. Okay. We have more work to do, but I always like to reassure my clients, like, just because you have windows that come and go, don't, doesn't mean like there are no more buses that are going to be coming by the bus. You will have plenty of windows, but like preparing yourself and opening yourself up to love is not easy. Like partner love partnership, like all, especially having to reprogram habits that you've been building for years that have built all the walls up. I mean, I can, I can personally relate to this myself. You know, it's not like I'm, I tell my clients things that I haven't personally also had to go through for myself. So I definitely feel for them and like empathize with that feeling. Mm -hmm. And that happens a lot, but like, There's only so much miracle working you and I can do, you know, when it comes to helping our clients, but I definitely push my clients pretty hard when it comes to assessing, you know, there are definitely moments of like, oh, it's so interesting because like you technically did meet someone. You just didn't Mm -hmm. think that person was good enough. Why? Let's assess that. Oh, this person like treated me really horribly it's like okay well let's look at that because in astrology the first rule of like assessing marriage is you the house of marriage is directly across from the house of the self every single relationship you call in is a mirror to you so let's assess that like and that's the that's the tough inner work and like Mm -hmm. calling out your clients and being like well, why do you think you were attracting this person? What does that really say about you? And it's not a malicious way. It's an, I want to get to the bottom of this so we can move forward and get you to attract the love and relationships that you are seeking. But oftentimes it's still because there's a deeper inner work that needs to be done. And that takes time and patience. So
0: I was literally just talking to somebody about this yesterday about the ascendant descendant like conversation and just like, Somebody must need to like hear this right now about, yeah, like you have to do that inner work. So I'm curious, what other tools do you like to couple up with? Like if you're going to really double check it, like what else would you use?
1: So I use numerology a lot. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I love numerology and like, especially I have clients that come to me that don't have their people that are interested in their full birth chart, which is understandable. I know that it's a bit of an invasive question to ask when you just started seeing, although mm-hmm. I'm like, I just might as well get it out there. Um, but so I use numerology to understand, well, what's their year cycle looking like? What's their number pattern looking like? And then oftentimes the theme of the year with the numbers will directly correlate to the Vedic timing and the transit. So I'm like checking if the numbers are telling me you're in a love year, your Vedic chart is telling me you're in a relationship marriage window. And then on top of that, I use the 52 playing card deck. So the 52 playing cards are actually the oldest tool of spirituality in existence. Like no one actually can pinpoint when the playing cards were created, but it's a combination of astrology and numerology. And like if you go to an old school tarot card reader, like they read from the deck, they don't read from modern tarot. Modern tarot is based off of the 52 playing card deck. Right. So, um, every single person has a playing card associated with their birthday. And that card tells me if I like, if I want to get a quick lowdown on you and I don't feel like looking at all your chart stuff, like I'll just pop your birthday into like Understanding what your card is, and boom, like I have your what your reincarnation journey is. But that card also tells me a lot of information about like your reincarnation journey, and they all will go together. So every year, you have a card, every 52 day window, you have a card, and then obviously, you have your birth card. And so, if the card's telling me it's a love year, the Vedic window is telling me you're in a marriage window, relationship window, and the numerology is telling me it's a love partnership. You're like, that is hardcore. Like this is a window. Like you have to take advantage. Like there's no (laughs) reason for you to not meet anybody. And like, I'm like shook when like my clients are like, I ain't meet anybody. And I'm like, let's dive into this. Cause like, no, like I'm like, I've got three different tools telling me that this is, this is your time. Like something's funk. So like, let's dive
0: in. Like something's- Let's figure it out. Mm Mm-hmm. So you got to put this into practice on a Netflix show. Like how yeah. cool is that? I would love to hear how you got connected to oh Indian Matchmaker. Like that is and what is it like being on a a show like that?
1: Yeah, oh my god. Okay, so it's so funny because that connection was so random like It's so funny when the show came out, people were like, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just showed up, like, straight up. I was right place, right time, like, right connection. So, my ex boyfriend lives in New York and had a work colleague stop by when I was co working out of his apartment. And, you know, he was like, Hey, Jason's going to stop by. Do you mind? And to be honest, I was kind of annoyed. I was like, Working like I don't have time for to like chit chat with Jason, like we're not even for, like, Jason? <laughs> for, like no, literally. but I was like, okay, fine, sure. So, like, he stops by and like the chit chat's happening. He's like, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm creating this app, it's Vedic astrology, it's Indian, like, I want to create this Indian astrology app, I'm moving to India, like, all this stuff, right? And he literally is like, I just want. A charity auction item. It's a Zoom call with a woman from Indian matchmaking. Have you heard of that show? And I was like, What? I love that show. Of course, I've heard of that show. So I was like, Yes, this is amazing. He's like, Do you want to be a part of the Zoom call? Because I've never really watched the show, but I had to buy something at this charity auction. So this is the (laughs) one thing I bought. I was like, It's kind of random to like bid on. This a zoom here.
0: call i love obsessed. A zoom call.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was a charity auction zoom call and so the zoom call gets scheduled like a month later and i'm on the zoom call with with you know jason and amongst with like six other people and all to meet a partner a partner from india matchmaking zoom call and i'm really excited because i watched a show as i was a big fan She had a whole astrology reading on the show, which of course I was like, oh my God, like I got to ask her about this. I got to read her chart. Like, so we hop on the zoom call and of course we're like chatting and I'm like, I'm an astrologer. I want to read your astrology. And I like kind of felt bad because I like monopolized the entire zoom call. Like, it was just me and her chatting and like, you know, I was like, oh, what are the rest of your plans? And she's like, I'm going to be in Paris. And I was like, when she puts out dates, I was like, I'm going to be in Paris too. Those same dates she's like, no way. I was like, let's meet up. Like, I totally want to read more of your chart. Cause like, you know, there's only so much chart reading you can do with like six other people on the zoom call. Right. Right. Time to those other people that like wanted to participate. So we exchange numbers and end up meeting up in Paris and have dinner. And it's like a five hour long dinner. And like, we're both from Houston. And so we like just really connected, like not just as like fan astrologer and you know her but like truly like we just really connected and we had, I had such a great time we kept in touch I met up with her in Houston when I was in Houston randomly out of the blue I was like zoom calling with her and she had referred a ton of people to me single-handedly like she must have referred like over 200 people to me it was insane
0: amazing it was yeah.
1: all so many clients and so I was like oh my god like I need to give you more readings like you've like referred so many people so I'm like giving her a reading she was like hey so um I I don't know if you know this but India matchmaking season two is in the works right now it's like oh my god that's so great are you to be honest she's like yeah I told the producers about you and how I have a astrologer now in my life like do you want to be on the show and I was like what So I was like of course I want to be on the show like that was so great I was like holy shit like I was like I was not expecting this at all. She was like, really? Like you weren't expecting, I was like, no, I mean, who knew a second season was going to come out? Like, was
0: she on the first season? I don't, I'm not yeah, familiar yeah. with her. Okay. She was, okay. The,
1: she was like the main breakout star in season one. And okay. like, became really big because of season one, um, they were planning on bringing her back for season two, because she was such a pinnacle, like, you know, classmate on the, on the season first yeah. season. And so that's literally like, I was, I ended up going on season two as her astrologer all because of her. I mean, which of course started off with this random zoom call.
0: Oh my God. Jason, God bless you. Like I know. Is-
1: seriously. Like I think I was so like, I was kind of annoyed that he was like, stopping. I like think about it. I was like, Oh my God, thank God. I wasn't like, totally rude and be like, I need to work and like close myself off. Like, right. You were open that like,
0: did you see this coming in your chart? Did you see like a, I mean, a moment like this or some energy of just like major doors opening?
1: Um, you know, it's so funny because like the moment I'm in right now, like now that I know all my astrology was a moment of major changes, big changes. I knew like big change was supposed to come. I just didn't know how. And I didn't know exactly when to the T because like I still... I still like living my life like somewhat of a normal person and not being obsessively checking every single day what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah like, Oh my gosh. Same. Stuff. Yeah. It's like, too exhausting. I, yeah, yeah. It's too. So, like, I like to check during like the full moon, the new moons, like that kind of stuff. But, like, I actually have to go back to that exact date because, like, I don't think I was even really thinking about it. I think that, like, it's so funny because the day of filming happened during a full moon or a new moon. It was like a, ma- a major one for me, though. And, even then, like I feel like I didn't really expect to be like I. I thought maybe they'd do a Zoom call for like two seconds. I'd be in in like for two seconds, and I ended up being in like two episodes for like more than five minutes, which was a lot. Um, yeah, so I had no idea the planetary period I was in is called Ketu period. It's a very karmic period, and like ninety nine percent of the time, I have a client come to me. They are either in a major karmic period or a minor karmic period. It's like 99% of the time. It's insane, but like it makes sense because it's just a period of massive change. And also like I actually had a psychic and an astrologer tell me that I would be on TV one day. This was years ago though, years ago. And like I kind of was like whatever about it. I was like sure. I don't know how that would happen because my I'm not really That wasn't really ever a goal. It's like, oh, I want to be on TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, although I did manifest it properly. I I believe I manifested. I wrote it in my journal like two years before it happened.
0: This is so, and it's weird because I've had literally a psychic and a astrologer together tell me the same thing that they kept seeing screens. So not maybe not necessarily like Netflix. So what was your path then? Like, how did you manifest it?
1: So for me- I really wanted to create an app. My whole mission is self-discovery. Everything everybody should know their astrology placements, whatever system aligns with you, and it's a it's a form of like accepting yourself, and that's kind of the first step into like doing anything in the world, in my opinion. Right? It's like I accept who I am, and I can accept others, and so that's kind of the first step. And so for me, it's like I want I want like millions of people using this, but I was always like well, how am I going to get like publicity? Like, how am I going to get the ball rolling? Like, how are millions of people going to see this and see me? And so I like was thinking, oh, well, if I was on Netflix, that would definitely get the ball rolling. That was literally the thought I had. is was like, if I somehow managed to get on TV, this could totally get the, the app like going. And so I wrote it in my journal for like, maybe, I don't know, like three months straight, like every every day, every other day, every like new moon, whatever, like I would write it. Like I'm going to be on Netflix. I'm going to be on Netflix. But then like, I just kind of forgot. I don't say forgot about it, but I was kind of like, God, I don't know. Like the, my manifestations just kept evolving. And then there are new manifestations that come up. And so it's like, whatever, like I'm just, whatever is meant to happen, happen. So I kind of stopped like paying attention to it. I really did. And then like, it actually ended up happening, which I'm like, oh my God, like this worked. But like, I wasn't wasn't checking. I wasn't like trying to like strategize how am I going to get? Like, I was like, okay, if it's meant to happen, I'm going to trust that God, the universe, whoever it's going to get delivered if it's meant to be in my path. And like, it somehow did. And it's so wonderful because it led to like such a great friendship. It wasn't like I had to like, Work so hard to like enable my way into talking to like, it just happened because the timing was right. And like, thank God that it was two years later, because when I first started working on the app, I didn't know anything about tech. Like I didn't know anything about mobile development tech, my backgrounds in fashion retail. (laughs) So I knew a lot about like wholesale planning and like buying trends. But like, I didn't know anything about mobile app development tech, I do not know anything about product testing, like all that stuff. And I needed the two years to like get it together, build my app. That's why the manifestation didn't come together when it did. Like, and everything, I truly believe that everything is in divine timing. Like totally. you you have to trust it. Like if you don't trust it, it's not going to come to you. And if you fixate so much on it, It's kind of like, I always think of energy as like, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're constantly checking in on them, like all to the point where it feels like constraining, why would that person want to respond positively to you? It needs to like, there needs to be a free flow of energy. And so that's the way I think about everything. I think about money this way. I think about manifestations this way. I think about and obviously people this way like if you're like on someone's you know butt all the time being like where are you when are you going to get back in it blah, blah 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 like that's not no one's going to respond positively mm-hmm. to that that's what energy form is we're all forms of energy and so whenever you know for myself and for my clients whenever you're manifesting like you got to trust that it's going to happen but it has to happen in divine timing and the biggest the hardest problem is actually trusting. And I always tell people that it's like delivering. When you send a letter to someone, if I was going to send a letter to you from India, I'm not going to hand carry the letter all the way to your doorstep. I'm going to put it in the mail and I'm going to trust that the post office is going to deliver that whenever it needs to show up at your front door. And it could take a month. It could take two months. It could take a year, but I'm going to to have faith. You know what? Ashley's going to get my letter. And that Mm -hmm. is how proper manifesting actually needs to get done. A lot of people, and it's easier to say than actually do, right? Because trust is, it's a concept that's like easy for us to understand, but not actually to
0: action. Totally. Yeah. I like that example. I was the example of like ordering at a restaurant, like you put your mm-hmm. place, your order in and like, it might take a while. Like there might be delays, but like ultimately, you know, at some point you're going to get your meal and it's like, fine. You know, that's totally. such a good reminder. I want to talk about the app, but I am selfishly wondering if you can peek at my chart from a yeah. standpoint, yeah. I'm I have a, a cancer son in Western astrology, just like you. So I'm curious if yeah. we're somewhere.
1: Yeah. So, um, In Vedic astrology, you are actually Gemini, and so twinsies. I know (laughs) you and me, literally. (laughs) So, like your Vedic rising is Pisces. Your Vedic Sun, yeah, your Vedic Sun is in Gemini. Your Vedic Moon is Sagittarius. So, those are your big, big three, as I call it, placements. Um, and your Venus is in your Venus and Mercury are in Cancer. So you do have Cancer energy. So oftentimes, like I always tell people, like just because your sun sign changed doesn't mean you don't have that type of energy in your mm-hmm. grid, in your chart. Your Jupiter is in Aquarius. Um, Mars is also in Sagittarius. So the first thing I actually notice about your chart is the sun is in the fourth house in Gemini. And so this tells me that usually whenever... Sun is in Gemini. Obviously, communication is a big part of your life. But in the fourth house, the house of home, real estate, family, building. And so Gemini is the sign of duality. So a lot of people think, oh, it's the twins, it's the twins. But I actually see it as um, polarizing energy. So feminine energy and masculine energy versus like, oh, it's the twins because twins is a little bit vague. So in Vedic astrology, they say it's like a husband and a wife, and so usually this tells me that you're meant to be in like two places. You have two homes, two things that you call home. Because Gemini energy is the twins, so this tells me that like you're meant to have like two homes or two places of home that you relate to. Like eventually you will have like one foot in this this city or country and another foot in a totally different city or country. You have multiple placements now. Tell me that, though, not just that mm-hmm. in the fourth house. So, you also, people with moon and Sagittarius, especially when I see a lot of Sagittarius energy, you are meant to have like international, some kind of international connection is very strong. And for you, it's in the 10th house, house of career, house of public image. So, like, there's a very prevalent placement for you, which is why I'm like, huh, it's so interesting that I'm seeing this duality of home in your you know in the in this with the sun in the fourth house and then i'm seeing moon sagittarius mars sagittarius all the sagittarius energy it's focused with career stuff and like public your public image because that's the 10th house and a lot of Sagittarius. anytime i see major sagittarius energy it's like international foreign travel like that kind of stuff is really supposed to be very important in your life And then the other placement of where I'm like, okay, the international thing is coming through strong is you have Jupiter, the 12th house. 12th house is the house of foreign lands, the house of um, the other dimension. So this tells me Mm -hmm. that spiritually gifted. Anytime I see 12th house placements, I'm like, okay, you have spiritual gifts because it's the other dimension. It's the house that's foreign to us. Like foreign as in like, we don't know it. We don't understand it. It's the house of the hidden, hidden gifts. Jupiter is the planet of knowledge expansion. So I'm like, anytime I see Jupiter 12th, house, I'm like, oh, psychic. Like immediately I'm like, you're psychic. And 12th house tells me that you would do better abroad. You would do better internationally. You would have better success internationally because 12th house is the house of foreign lands, foreign things, international. And that eventually you will probably have an opportunity to move abroad, settle abroad, that might come sooner rather than later. I'd have to look at your timing on that. But that's like a big placement that a lot of times I'll see in my clients. And I'm like, you should really think about moving. Like, you should think about doing something abroad, or you need to work with international people. It's better for you. So this is kind of off the bat what I'm seeing with your Vedic chart and like these placements. And also also. Jupiter in the 12th house, Jupiter for a heterosexual woman in Vedic astrology represents the spouse. So, whenever <laughs> I look for like information about the partner, especially reading from reading for my heterosexual female clients, I look at Jupiter to see, well, what kind of, kind of information can I get about the partner? Usually, when Jupiter's in the 12th house, I see that you might move like away from home. For your partner, like your partner might get an opportunity to like go abroad, and you gotta leave for this person. Also, I might see that this person might be someone of a different culture, different background. There's some kind of something different about the way that they grew up, or like something very like unfamiliar, very very unfamiliar. Um, because 12th house is the house of foreign lands, so that's also something that I I read whenever I see these kinds of placements. You are definitely like some kind of sorceress or some kind of like witch or priestess in a past life. Your past life note is in the eighth house, and it's Pluto is close to it, not conjunct. But usually, it tells me that like there's a big, big spiritual calling that you were meant to fulfill. Mm-hmm. That was a continuation of your past life stuff. So,
0: yeah. Cool. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, of it's course. Because you're like you said, it does. It does all kind of work, right? Like yeah. this is. Similar to a reading I've had before with, like I was telling you before, mm-hmm. an astrologer and a psychic. And they had said, I see, I see you traveling as a part of like your work. Like I see something related to screens. And this is when, you know, and it's hard to read your own chart, right? Like it's hard to look and say like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. But I love that these work so well in tandem with all the other modalities that we might be using. And so hopefully, you know, listeners get really curious and want to, want to book a reading and like, kind of figure out like, how does this work with my other tools? Yeah. How, so is the app live? Can they go the in, app
1: is and live. download it now? Yeah. Yes. The app is live. Um, and it's, it, it'll give you your Vedic placement. So you can see where your sun is or your Venus is like all that stuff. You, it'll also, there's like a fun part called starmate because there's a lot of information that, the chart can tell you about your ideal partner. And I always say like, you should look at your rising sun and moon. So like there's a whole little section and a lot of my clients think that they need that. They have a whole laundry list. I mean, my, I myself guilty, like of things that we think we need in a partner, right? It's a huge list. And I'm like, listen, according to the chart, there was, like, there were definitely some things that you need. And like the chart will tell me exactly what you really need. Everything else is are things that you think that you've, you've come up with and like it's so funny because one of my girlfriends is like I'm so tired of having this like soul contract that's so draining soul contracts do that they're a lot of work they're meant to push you to grow and like growing is not easy she's like I just want to like settle down and like with this nice stable person I was like you're not going to do that like you're House of marriage is ruled by Scorpio. It's tumultuous, it's intense, it's psychic. Like this is what you this is what you're calling in. Like you're not. Like if you were, if your seventh house, your marriage house was ruled by Taurus, it'd be like, yeah, you totally need that. That's exactly what you need, but like it's not. So there's a whole part in the star, you know, the star mate section where you can read about your ideal partner, like your deal breakers, as they call them. And then there's compatibility, which personally, I think it's so fun. um, Because in Vedic, you know, they say that every single significant person that you've come into contact with, like you've had karmic stuff with. And so it's really cool to do like the compatibility report with like friends, family, to see like how you're connected and like Mm -hmm. why this person came in. And like, a lot of people think that you can only do romantic. It's not like I had a mother come to me and tell me she did this with her children and it was so fun. And like, she like was got validation that her daughter was like her mother in a past life. It was just like fun yeah. stuff like that, you know, which happens actually quite often. So that's a little bit of the app.
0: So cool. Oh my gosh, Sophie, this was so fun. What a good, I know it's not morning for you. It's morning for me. Yeah. Perfect. Like way to start the day. And I feel like you really summarize again, this like different world of astrology that I knew so little about. And now I'm excited that they, they're so cool and overlap. I'm going to get this app and see how it compares. Cause it totally, it just does. I'm like, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Feel free to email me if you have any other questions. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. This was was so fun. Like you made it so like fun.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Again, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. If you're not already subscribed, hit subscribe so you can be the first to learn about new episodes. And if you want to be a part of that fun new event on November 1st, check out the information in the show notes. You get tickets. They're just 10 bucks. See you next week.